Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Nope, didn't mean to press that button. Anyway, what's going on, Geek Vibes Nation? Uh, welcome to another episode of Hall of Heroes. I am joined by Shay, and we will be joined by Eric, hopefully uh, in, a, in a few. But Shay, what's going on? What's going on? What's going on, man? Nothing much. Another little nice Saturday night. Don't have a problem talking geek really quick. So let's, I'm down for the cause. Let's get it. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, yes, uh, by the way, everyone, we are not switching nights. We had only uh, changed up because of a few scheduling issues uh, with yesterday, but we will be every week Friday. This is just uh, a rarity, but it'll be pleasant nonetheless. Uh, so let's get right into it. Um, Supergirl, let's start with Supergirl. Say, what were your thoughts on Supergirl, not only this week, but the previous week, because it's been two weeks since we've been on air. Uh, yes. Almost two weeks. So um, walk me through your thoughts on the last two episodes of Supergirl. Well, um, the first episode that came on last week when she was in the coma, she met um, Brainiac 5 for the first time while she's comatose. You know, the Legion has to come in and kind of, like, help out in between. And I think it was interesting to see her try so hard to not be a human and to be Kryptonian, try to be Rain. But the whole reason that she was, you know, in a, you know, her body physically was okay was because she had to embrace Kara because that's part of who she is now. And I think with Brainiac being there to kind of like help her walk through it, you know, step by step, that was able, that was something that was able to get her to the point that she needed to be at. Um, in relation to this week, I kind of agree with what, like, uh, you guys were saying in our group message about, like, why does it always have to be, like, a, a love story with Supergirl? Like, do, do we always have to deal with her, you know what I'm saying, going through this 24-7? Can we get, can we just get like, a, a good superhero show or a season where we ain't got to worry about love interest? And it's like, I understand that, but the flip side is, you know, 
it, we're girls. It's going to happen. It sucks. We don't like it either. It's just it's it's a part of us. But how they had to go back into the prison for the episode that aired earlier this week, and Carr didn't have any of her powers. She had to rely on Livewire, who, you know, she's kind of cool with. But Livewire did a great job. I was loving it. She gave me all types of attitudes. And she was working with her powers and the electricity. I was, I loved it. I actually enjoyed her fight with Rain as well. If you did, if you can't tell, I love Rain. But I'm also enjoying the fights and the variety that's coming with it. Yeah. Um, to the point you were making about uh, having love interest in the show, I, I'm, I'm fine with that. I don't have any issues with it. But it can't be. Um, a burden on the show. By that I mean like the Felicity Oliver angle. That seemed like it was done only to appease fans. I am fine with the love interest that flows with the show. Um, Supergirls doesn't necessarily to me feel like it flows with the show. Um, is that something that you kind of feel like it, it's it's somewhat forced or do you feel as though it, it flows? I feel that there have been moments where the relationship in this show has flowed. I also think that when it comes to Cara is when it doesn't stick. You know, like when it came to um, her sister Maggie being engaged, or even when it came to James, like speaking about dating uh, Luther's sister, you know, those relationships, they felt to a certain extent genuine. And it's like with Cara, sometimes it feels like it can be pushed too hard or too much. It doesn't have... And um, an authentic feel to it, so I can I, I can understand that point. Yeah, uh, we're also joined, uh, so I don't forget because I don't want to keep talking and forget. Uh, we do have Eric. Um, what's going on, Eric? Not much. What's going on tonight, guys? We are excited to talk geek. <laughs> um, we were we were talking a little bit about Supergirl. We were saying how um, I, I was just about to say how. Um, Whenever you have relationships in superhero shows or movies, um, to me, it can't be, I won't say it can't be, I don't like for it to be more than one, and I don't like for it to be a vocal point, because I am one of the the rare people who hate the idea and the term damsel in distress, uh, whether that's um, a show that is centered around a female who is centered around a guy or vice versa. I don't like the idea of a damsel distress. The only time I like relationships in superhero shows or movies is when both in the couple have superpowers or um, we don't see the other as often. Like, you know, if, like, let's say they came out with a Superman show on the CW. I don't need to see Lois Lane every episode. I don't mind seeing her every other episode, every few episodes, but then it becomes the point of, all right, so, like, if the villain comes, kidnaps her, now, you you know, you're desperate to do anything just to make sure he doesn't hurt. And it's just like we've seen that almost a billion times since comics were created. I don't like mm-hmm. the idea of it. I don't think we need it as saturated as we get it now. So, you know, like, when you look at Arrow, I'm fine with Oliver and Felicity's relationship as long as we don't have another situation of, oh, man, they kidnapped Felicity, now I have to do whatever they say or they're going to kill her. Like, that's just, to me, that's a very easy way out for a writer, and to me it's sloppy for a show. So I'm fine with the idea of relationships, 
um, because everyone has them. It, it's normal, so it's not like comics need to avoid it. It's normal. I just don't want it as as much as it seems as though we've been getting it from all of the shows. It's just it's too in your face. Um, Eric, but before I ask you your thoughts on romance and superhero shows, uh, I was just finishing asking Shay about her thoughts on the past two weeks of Supergirl. So I'll start with you on that. What were your thoughts on the last two weeks of Supergirl? Uh, the the week before when they first come back, there there was some good funny moments. Uh, having Bon Jovi play when they're going to take on Rain, I I uh, I grew up with Bon Jovi, but I almost fell out of the chair. You know, I I thought that was really great. And watching the Legion of Superheroes, you know, go into action was very in you know in real life in live action was just fantastic for me. Um, I thought it was really well done. Watching Monel's wife, you know, picking up the the weights and throwing them and stuff like that, you know, it, it almost felt like another. Uh, okay, this could this could be a uh, a main event fight, and it's not just the you know the curtain opener. You know, this this could go. Um, I love Brainiac, <clears throat> no matter what color his skin is, you know. Um, I think he's an, a great character. This week, um, it reminded me of almost like a girl's night out and the Dirty Dozen all wrapped into one. You know, you're mm. taking you're taking villains and you're having to use them to help Supergirl. Uh, it, that was really great. I really enjoyed it. Um, enjoyed the redemption angle. Um, and I also loved that Kara paid um, Cy back by making sure that she gets a better room. So all in all, also, Brainiac and Win they could almost be like a buddy cop show. They are so funny together. Two guys who are you know, geniuses just from different eras, and Brady could definitely, you know, outthink when, but still, it was just funny watching them work together. I honestly think Supergirl's firing on all pistons, and I've loved it. Yeah, I mean, honestly, you guys are, are still kind of trying to get me in, in, in the mindset of enjoying Supergirl episodes. Um, I'm I'm going to be completely honest. I'm still not there yet. Um, I, I don't I don't enjoy watching them as much as I as I want to. Um, I still feel as though there's like at least eight things I do differently with this show. Um, it's honestly become harder and that. harder to 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 watch the show. There's just so many elements of this show that if they tweaked, it, I wouldn't even say tweaked that if they changed that show has the potential to be the best CW show um, out of the lineup. But because mm-hmm. it consistently takes steps back with, you know, its writers going, bringing in new writers, um, it just, it's missing something. I honestly think this show should either bring on Kevin Smith full time to do uh, this show or for at least half the season, Call up Josh Whedon. See if Josh Whedon, 
you know, someone who has a lot of, uh, you know, uh, experience working with female leads in uh, successful uh, shows, um, let let Josh Whedon work on Supergirl a little bit. We know he, he's about to do Batgirl. Um, he just did some of Justice League. Bring him in, have him do some of that show. And just, I, I, it has to be more appealing uh, to, to a larger audience. And I feel as though that's the one thing Supergirl is failing to do that all the other shows are. Like, all the other shows aren't afraid to go there, aren't afraid to, to dig deep in the comic mythos and to dig deep in not necessarily, like, society issues, but just a lot of things that can attract more than just a comic fan. And I feel as though Supergirl sometimes, it, it's just like Gilmore Girls, but they have superpowers, and I, I hate the idea of that. I want Supergirl to have the same feel as Flash, Arrow, Legends, and now Black Lightning, so where you can have the drama, you can have the emotion, but it has to be grounded and somewhat gritty like a comic book would be. And I feel as mm-hmm. though Supergirl – like, I used to think Flash was just, like, way too happy. Like, I remember there was one episode Barry went to Star City, and he goes he's, – he's like – is it, like, never sunny here? Like, why is it always dark and gloomy? And, and, and Oliver was just like, that's how it is here. I'm sorry it's not always smiles and rainbows like in your city. So it's just like, you know, but we, we've seen Flash progress into a more grounded and, and, and grittier and emotional show. So it had it, its times where we thought this show was only going to be everyone's just smiling and happy all the time. So where it's like, oh, no, like, people die. And it's like, it's really crazy on this show. Supergirl, I believe, has to take that step, but I just feel as though they play that show too safe. So that's why they don't make changes like that. But until they do, um, so far I just have not been able to enjoy myself when watching any episodes of Supergirl um, because there's just some things that if they did differently, it would capture me more. Um, But I I don't disagree with what any of you said about these past two episodes. They were definitely – I I I don't want to say fun to watch, but I didn't I didn't hate these last two episodes. I, I kind of enjoyed them a little bit. I do love Rain. If if I have to be completely honest, out of anyone that I love out of that show, it is Rain. Uh, mm-hmm. I love what they're doing with Rain. Um, I definitely hope they don't kill Rain off, or if they do, uh, maybe a season or two down the road they pull a, a, a General Zod like they did in. Uh, Man of Steel in, in uh, BVS, like maybe bring the body back and, and form it to be something even more dangerous, or just bring Rain back if you do kill off Rain. Um, but I love the actress, and I definitely love the direction that they're going uh, with Rain. I just I don't want to see that villain end uh, because I, I enjoy it so much. But everything else is just like, yeah, for you guys, I'm definitely watching this show, but. If I didn't have to, I don't think I would watch Supergirl as, uh, as religiously as I have to now. Um, it's okay. We still appreciate you. And just to piggyback <laughs> off of Eric, <laughs> and just to piggyback off of Eric said and what you said. So in relation to them being Gilmore Girls superhero version, I agree with that. And we got to remember where Supergirl came from. So I think because Supergirl eventually got brought over to the CW, they're maybe slowly starting to change it a little bit to get the feel that they really want to give off compared to the flash and black lighting and everything. Granted, it's not going to be up there near it, but I think now they're trying to. 
And in relation to Brainiac, I don't know if you guys watched the first season, but I know I discussed it with um, Juwan briefly. I want them to bring back the Brainiac hackers. That's what I want. I want this season to be about Brainiac and Brainiac having a crush on Kara. And then out of nowhere, like, Brainiac goes rogue, dude goes completely OC. Come to find out that Brainiac from season one, the hacker came and hacked him and, you know, did a full takeover. Like, that's what I want to see. I don't think I'm going to get it, but I have my hopes. You should have your hopes because that's the way it was in the comic book. He had a major Woo! crush on Supergirl. Uh, I know. So much... That's about to be even better. See, so, I mean, that would be great if they could pull that source material and, and do that. I, I would love that just to see those two and to see Brainiac reacting that way would be awesome. Uh, I'm, that's what I'm looking forward to for Supergirl. I don't know how this season is going to continue, but... If I could pick a way to bring it out of the whole Gilmore Girl and give me more, you know, the female Superman and maybe a couple of relationship things outside of that, not a lot. I really want to see her and Brainiac create that chemistry, but Brainiac having to have a conflict. I think that would be great because it's not going to be just, you know, Car is going to be the Legion. It's going to be Monel. It's going to be everyone because he's from a completely different time. We don't know how his powers change. He's not used to the technology they have in the 31st century. Like, how is that going to offer him? Will it harm him? Will it make him stronger? I got so many questions. And it's just like, I know you don't like Supergirl. It's okay. I didn't like Supergirl at first. But when I tell y'all Rain is my spiritual animal, like, that is my sister from another mister. Like, I love her. She is just everything I need to be. Mm-hmm. I love her. She's yeah. Been great. Yeah, I do enjoy uh, Rain a lot. I will say Supergirl, uh, for it to pique my interest, um, I need to see more Martian Manhunter. Not not uh, not him as a human, but him as yeah. actual Martian Manhunter. And bring <laughs> Superman back. I, I, I'm sorry. I know a lot of people were like, they're not going to keep Superman because it would kind of somewhat overshadow Kara. But that's the purpose of Superman. Superman always overshadows everybody. You could have a Batman mm-hmm. show and bring Superman in and go, uh, you know, maybe it's too much Superman. But when, when, when you had scenes with Superman and Kara, I loved it. I thought they were both equal. I didn't think for a second, like, oh, they were doing too much. The Superman's here now. Like, no, I felt as though they, they, they kept things. Um, the way the Supergirl always is. They had uh, a lot of scenes with Kara and then a lot of scenes with them together. So bring Superman back, um, have him, you know, have to cover a story there for like maybe three or four episodes um, and just bring the excitement back for the show. I think that's one of the things, in my opinion, I'm not saying this is the world's thought, but in my opinion, it lacks the excitement. Like I'm not excited week to week to see Supergirl. And I feel as though it's lacking in that because it just doesn't have that same feel. Um, But it's something that can definitely be fixed, and hopefully it will be in a season three. I don't think it's gonna. I don't think it's gonna do it for me in this season. But hopefully next season, feeling like man, I can't wait for next week to see Supergirl. Right now, it's just like yeah, good thing I have the CW app because I definitely miss Supergirl. Uh, Let's (laughs) move on. Let's um, let, let let's get into Flash. Uh, a lot of crazy things have been going over, have been going on over there in, in, in the Flash world. Uh, Barry's in jail. 
Um, Barry also found out, before we get to that point, Barry found out he has, I don't want to say a new power, but a new ability um, for him to completely stop time to where only him and Iris can exist in it. Uh, as he was doing it, he didn't even know he could do it. So I thought that was pretty cool in the whole moment where Iris was uh, in the courtroom uh, about to tell the judge that Barry is indeed the Flash. I thought that was really cool how they were able to stop time and just in a vacuum. It's just them. Mm-hmm. And they were able to have that moment together. Um, mm-hmm. I will say this as far as what I was just saying about Supergirl. I'm trying to figure out a way to say this that it doesn't sound like necessarily negative. I need to see less of that. Less of Barry, I'm questioning myself. I don't know what to do. Or Iris, I'm questioning myself. I don't know what to do. I at some point need these heroes to take the same kind of journey Oliver always has to. Where there are some decisions Oliver has to just make split decision on his own. Oliver Uh can't call Felicity and go, hey, Felicity, I got my arrow at this guy's neck, but I'm not 100% sure I want to do it. Should I do it? No. At that moment, you know what, what needs to be done in that moment, and you just need to act. Um, in, in the comics uh, that I'd always read of The Flash, he was never so dependent on people. Um, and I get – I would have understood it in, like, maybe the first two seasons. He's like a baby. He's just learning everything. Uh, he's just figuring out how to be a hero. But now he's a full-fledged hero. He shouldn't need as much reinforcement – um, positive and or negative, to get him through uh, a battle. Now, I do know a lot of it is story-wise just to stretch out episodes, so I'm fine with that. But you could stretch out dialogue in an episode without making it so dependent on a team. Like, he is the fastest man alive. He shouldn't need that much uh, verbal assistance in how to uh, take down a bad guy. Um, no. So I just – that's – Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was agreeing with you. You're right. I mean, he's basically the general of the team. He needs to, you know, you're right. I read the comic too. The comic, Barry's not like this in the comic. He's very, you know, he, he knows what he has to do and he goes and he does it. You know, the uh, I'll give you the perfect example. In the comic, the button storyline, you know, that the little mini crossover between Flash and Batman. He knew what he mm-hmm. had to do. He didn't have to go to Iris or to Cisco and say, oh, well, I'm thinking this, but I'm not really sure. No, he knew what he had to do. He got the cosmic treadmill. Now, Batman hitched the ride anyway, which was funny to watch him getting pulled along the time stream, but, you know, <laughs> That's the Barry that I want to see Grant Gustin, that I want to see Grant yeah. play. You know, I want to see him and, go. And we got a little bit of that almost where this week with him talking to Ralph. Right. You know, when yeah. Ralph, being, when, being that leader. Right. Exactly. And I'm like, that's Barry. I got excited. I'm like, yeah. that's Barry right there. You know? Yeah. I, I mean, it, it, it's, it's the small things, like when they're all together and and Joe says something that's like a little bit aggressive. So, like, the team is just standing there and Barry will go, Joe, can, can, can I talk to you for a second? 
And then, like, everyone just stands there while Barry and Joe walk off and have this heart. Like, it's just stuff like that that, to me, I, I'm just like, I get it. You're doing it for the show's purpose, like, the purpose of the show to extend dialogue, stuff like that. But that is some of the most annoying qualities of these CW shows. You don't always have to have a conversation about something that doesn't necessarily deserve a conversation. Like, if, if, if Wally was kidnapped, you don't have to pull Joe aside to say, Joe, calm down. We're going to save Wally. Like, that's something you could say standing right there. Like, it, it just certain things about it just really bug me. They're, they're somewhat small, I guess, to other people. But to me, it's like it's a waste of something you could be doing something else uh, in those moments. And that's why I love Arrow so much. Actually, take that back. That's why I'm starting to love Black Lightning so much. Yeah. All these qualities that I see from uh, Flash, Supergirl, Legend sometimes, it does not exist in Black Lightning. It is a very realistic but comic-driven show to where it's like you're reading a comic but watching it on television. And it doesn't have Thank any you. of those those extra dramatic, uh, you know, TV kind of quintessential scenes to where you're just like, oh, my goodness, this again. Like, no, this is something I feel like side of obviously a guy being able to generate electricity through his body. I could go outside <laughs> and see that exact thing happen. Like, in, in today's world, I could see those elements happen in the real world. Um, but let's not get – let's wait till we get to, to Black Lightning. Shay, I'm going to go to you. Not this week's episode. Tell me your thoughts on last week's episode when we uh, when we saw that Barry was heading off to uh, to go to jail. Um, I wasn't moved by it. You know, it felt it felt normal in the sense like, okay, I know that he uh, he's about to be locked up. He's going. To, I didn't expect him to have like that long sentence. You know, I wasn't ready for that, but as far as, like, Iris and the team, it it was honestly just a filler episode for me. I kind of liked the following week a little bit better, and when we start to discuss that, I'll say why, just because I'm ready for her to kind of, like, manifest herself. But, you know, last week was kind of okay for me. I think that being in jail, though, is a blessing in disguise for Barry. And I feel like he is starting to realize that no matter how much he likes it or no matter how he feels that he's letting his team and his wife down, I think that it's, it's a blessing in disguise for him to be locked up, which I do not say often about anybody. So, Yeah, that's definitely a weird thing to hear. But, no, I can I, I kind of see where, where you're coming from uh, in that sense. I will say this. Uh, I did find it funny when the judge was saying how Barry didn't seem remorseful at all. Like, he was very cold. Um, And it was just like, Barry, like, that'd be the moment to where, even though you know you didn't do it, you know in in your many years uh, with with law enforcement, working with law enforcement, you kind of have to cheat the system. So you know if you didn't actually do it, but all signs are pointing to that you did do it. You got to kind of put on some of the best acting you've ever done. You have to kind of let the people think, um, man, even if he did do it, look how remorseful, look how sorry, you know, he, he truly is and, and, and how, uh, how pained it is 
um, for him to be even going through this. Like, he he literally looked like he could care less. Like, yeah, whatever, sentence me. Well, uh, I'll go. I mean, my, honestly, my team will find a way to get me out. Honestly, I gotta I gotta rebuke that. I gotta I gotta argue with that. I think he had to come off the way that he did. The reason why I say that is like I have been part of the criminal justice system. I haven't been locked up. I ain't, you know, did no crime or been caught doing a crime. But when it comes to evidence and you seeming remorseful, yes be seeming remorseful like might play a part in relation to bringing down the sentence, but like you said, he knows what's going on within the police department. Everyone in the police department could got could be called as a character witness. All of them can try to say such things, but they can't refute the evidence. And for him to be a, a CSI or someone who processes crime scenes and so on and so forth, to a certain extent, if you act like you don't want, if you act with more than nothing, people don't know you're lying, it's going to make it worse. So he had a better bet with either A, letting anybody know he's a flash, or B, just go ahead and take the L. Because everything that the I, prosecution tried to hold against him, it, it could hurt him in the long run if he acted fake or remorseful. And truth be told, he really did. The only thing he did was act accordingly in the courtroom. You're supposed to have your character I mean, witness come in and, you know, take care of all of that. I mean, I, I'm going to say this. One thing about that episode that completely uh, upset me was his reasoning for not wanting the world to know that he was the Flash. Um, in his in his own words, he said, "Because my villains would then know exactly how to get to me." So I thought, I thought on that. I said, "Okay, we're in season four, I believe, of the Flash. Am, am I right? We're in season four of the Flash." Correct. So, yeah. Okay. So I went back and I watched finales of each of the past uh, seasons. Do you guys know what each of the past three seasons have in common as far as their villains? They all know who each other is. Uh huh. They all know exactly who Barry and everyone he loves are. Yeah, so I didn't understand why you said I that thought, either. <laughs> I thought about this season. I was like, oh, okay, well, maybe DeVoe doesn't know. Nope, DeVoe knows exactly who Barry and his loved ones are. Mm-hmm. So it kind of seems like all your villains already know you and everyone around you. So my question is, who are you protecting, Barry? Everyone already knows. DeVoe knows. Like, DeVoe could come out tomorrow and go, Barry Allen's the Flash. Iris, you know, Iris is part of Team Flash. Joe knows. Like, he, DeVoe could come out and say that tomorrow. So it's like if all your villains already know this, like who are you protecting? If he had a kid, I would say, okay, all right, I get it. Like that's one thing you definitely can't put in harm's way. But that's not the case. And half the people that you're trying to protect have superpowers and can protect themselves anyway. So it's just like I I didn't get that reasoning. I get that, you know, it's not the time for the world to know who the Flash is. But that can't be your reasoning. When the last three seasons, all of your villains already know who your loved ones are, and your current villain does. Um, so, Eric, I'll kick it to you. What are your thoughts on Barry's kind of typical comic book response for not wanting the world to know who he is, but the world already pretty – well, not the world, but his villains already know who he is? It's lazy writing. Let's call it what it is. It's lazy writing on the writer's part. And I, and I want to be a writer. And, 
I'll be honest. If they came and said, oh, we want you to write The Flash, I'm right there. You know, but at the same time, you're right. All those villains know. The rogue gallery knows. But there, you know, there, there's an, in the comic book, it almost feels like there's an understanding. We can go after Barry. We can go after the other superpowers. You don't touch the family. It's, it's, it's almost an honor code, even for villains. You know, the rogue gallery. Not, not the bigger ones like Zod or anything like that, because Zod doesn't care. But for the rogue gallery, I wish they'd get past this. You're right. They need to get past it. Everybody can take care of themselves. Joe is a cop. Um, Cisco, you know, everything. I. It's almost like Barry doesn't have faith in his friends to protect themselves. Does that make sense? Um, I wouldn't say that. Yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that. You know, Barry felt like that. I think it's just more so when I think he just like the big brother of the team in the sense like he gotta look out for everybody. No, I can't handle myself. I don't care what you say. You're my little sister. I'm gonna look out for you regardless. You know what I mean? Like, what what ally been able to single handedly go up against something? Would go up against someone that actually meant something? You know what I mean? Well, like, I, I mean, honestly. That. Honestly, I can't say that Barry has. Can we honestly say that without? Can we honestly no. say without Caitlin and Cisco, Barry's able to do anything on his own? So I no. mean, that's just the way the writers. That's the way the writers have portrayed these characters. But let's not get it twisted. I told someone the other day, same thing with. Uh, can't remember his name um, from last season of Arrow with all all the magical, uh, like. Uh, not not ropes or whatever he had. I can't think Ragman. of his name. Ragman. Ragman, yes. What people forget, Ragman can kill Superman. That's how strong Ragman is. And mm-hmm. if you only if you only knew Ragman from the show, you would have never thought Ragman could do that. So CW has a way of always uh, watering down characters. Cisco in the comics, Killer Frost in the comics, are a lot stronger than the CW has portrayed them to be. So yes, uh-huh. these characters, yeah, no, they could, they could, they can hold their own uh, a lot, but they always water it down so it's like they need Barry. So I mean, I wouldn't necessarily go off of the logic of that because that's just again to what Eric was saying. Some of the bad writing that we've seen in CW that they don't actually let the characters live up to their full potential. I mean, when when you watch when you watch Thea sometimes, like a few seasons ago when she was fighting, like it would seem as though she had never really had that much of good training. Like she was trained right. by a League of Assassins, but still was was not really holding her own as well as she should have. So, I mean, the writing department for CW sometimes lacks on on some of the important details of the characters. But don't 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 get it confused. Killer Frost and and uh, Cisco definitely could um, handle things on their own. They just aren't really given that opportunity to because they need for the show's purpose for them to heavily rely on Barry. I, I get it. I'm not faulting it. I'm just saying if they actually let Killer Frost live up to her name and, and be who she actually is in the comics as far as her uh, ability and her strength, 
Killer Frost could definitely handle a lot more than they've allowed her to. Oh, my God. Killer Frost, I mean, heck, right now she's on Suicide Squad. She's a premier member of Suicide Squad, and, you know, yeah. she she fought the Justice League. How many how many yep. people how many people do you know of that you can say, Oh yeah, she fought the Justice League. Oh yeah, Amanda Waller specifically wanted her. I mean that says something. And you're right. I mean, I understand that this is the way that the show is geared. But at the same you know, like you're saying, at the same time it's so frustrating because we know the source material and we're going, No, she could do it. Barry could do why I have gray hairs in my beard. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> yeah, no. I'm definitely uh, with you guys on that. Shay, I'll go to you. Um, you were ready to talk about um, what you preferred with this week's episode over last week's episode, so I'll kick it to you. Yes. I am so ready for Barry's child to come out and be like, "What's up, Pop?" Like, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm ready for that. I am also interested to know if she is a part of the Speed Force, and that's why she's able to navigate the way that she is, based on the writing that um, she was doing in her notebook after seeing Cisco and um, my little bad man homie at. <laughs> <laughs> at the um at the coffee shop, and I'm really I'm interested to see how they're going to integrate her into this show. They're slowly popping her up, and I'm here for it. I want and I, you see her in the notebook. You see her taking notes. It's the same language that Barry was writing out that he got out of the Speed Force, and it's just like, well, we already know that Kid Flash is going to end up on Legends tomorrow. I'm okay with the female speedster coming in every now and then, like a pop-up high and by, but I want her to play a bigger plot. I don't want her to be like a, a someone that comes every now and then, pops up, helps out, leave. I want her to be part of a bigger plot. I want her to see, like, no, you need me here, whether you like it or not. I'm your daughter. I dig that you're trying to be my dad and, you know, look out for me, but that shit has failed, homie. Like, I, I'm ready for that to come out. Because you see the intelligence there, and you see, like, how she's a little awkward because she wants to talk to them, but she knows she really can't say nothing. I'm I'm ready for that to cross over. And I was also impressed with how they had Barry in jail because you saw that he was in the same jail cell as his father. You mm-hmm. saw that, you know, people know who Barry Allen is, that he's part of CSI, and when you're in jail, that's a whole different place. You meet someone in jail that your pop helped while he was in jail. So now to own up to that, he's helping you out to make sure you are good. And that's speaking to his character. If that's what I'm saying, that's me, that him being in prison is like a, a blessing in disguise. I see that. I understand um, that. Yeah, I, I'm going to go ahead and say I don't think that girl is Barry and Iris' daughter. I'm going to go ahead and say, I think that's Joe's daughter. Um, And mainly because, excuse me, um, I think it's too early. I think it's too early to to give us something. Like, this is our first season of having um, Iris and Barry actually husband and wife. Mm -hmm. Um, 
you know, they haven't really had time together to even bring on the idea of, of maybe starting a family or anything like that. So to have a child pop up and go, well, you guys did have me in wherever so months from now or whatever, I think would kind of like, I think would be a little too forced. I think the fact that you've already had Joe, uh, and I can't remember that lady's name, mention that I believe that he's pregnant, it makes perfect sense. Um, now, I know you'd be thinking, all right, well, that doesn't explain how, if she's a speedster, how she got her speed. All I'm saying is, I don't know how they'd be able to explain that. Maybe they have another particle accelerator or, or something while she's but Who knows? But I do think it's too early, and you'd have to explain far too much if you have it be Barry and, and Iris's um, daughter. I mean, we even saw from the set photos, um, Iris suits up for whatever reason. Um, she's fully in costume, has a mask. Um, who knows? Maybe Iris is, is, becomes a speedster. And if she does, it'll go to a joke that I made, I want to say, two years ago. When I said, I guarantee you before Flash is done, like completely done, I believe whoever the team uh, uh, that Barry has around them around that time, like everyone will have superpowers. Everyone. And then I remember, like, laughing at it, like, Iris will probably be able to, to run fast. And then it looks like she may. And I totally meant that as a joke. I wasn't saying it like, oh, yeah, I know it's going to happen. Um, if she does, I, don't want- I'm, I might start to be done with the Flash. Like, you can't give Iris powers. I'm, I, I'm sorry. For whatever reason, if she does, if, this is an if. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. No, no, no. I'm sorry. You can't. It, why? Why would you do that? Exactly. Why would the, you do the, that? That'd be the, the that'd be the equivalent of Bruce Wayne suiting up as Batman, going to go take on Harley Quinn and the Joker, and he looks over and Vicky Vale is in a costume and she's looking to help him fight crime. Why? Exactly. Why? 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 Why would you do that? <laughs> that totally takes away from uh, who that character is in their own individuality. Now it just you're making them into superheroes for no reason. I personally, I totally agree with everything you're saying. Um, I think she worked, like you said, I think she worked as a non-powered character who stays in the lab and directs traffic. And, I mean, she might, I thought she was still a reporter, although she hasn't done much reporting this season. But, you know, hey, that's me. Um, I don't know why she has the costume. My daughter and I looked at each other, and we both had the reaction of, meh. You know, um, please don't give everybody powers. That just cheapens it. You know, yeah, it does. I mean, it's to the point to where it's just like, if you want Barry to be surrounded by people that have powers, just bring in other characters that have powers. You don't uh-huh. have to give his entire team powers. Then it's just like, all right, well, because what, what it's starting to feel like is the show reached its level of um, uh, stakes. Like uh, Barry's dad died. Barry's mom uh-huh. died. A uh, few other people died that were important to the team. So now that 
all those deaths are out the way, we don't really have to worry about any more meaningful deaths because not everyone has powers, so they can help and save themselves. That's not what I want. You always have to have stakes. Like, even though uh, Diggle can defend himself, he's still someone that could die. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, like a whole bunch of characters, like Lance, uh, Sia. So there's still room for there to be high stakes on that show. But if you're giving mm-hmm. everyone on the Flash powers, it's just like, all right, well, where where would the stakes come from uh, if everyone can protect themselves? The the point of of him being surrounded by people who don't have powers is that's that's where he's most vulnerable at. That's where the villain knows they can get him. But if everyone has powers, it's just like, all right, so uh, we don't have to worry about any high stakes coming from this anymore. So then does it fall on, are they going to rush Barry and Iris having children? That's what I'm saying, and that's what I, that's what I don't want. I want, I want to, like, even if, like, we know Barry's going to get out of jail at, uh, within the next few weeks. If you have this season end with Iris, t- you know, walking up to Barry and going, I think I'm pregnant, and you hold the reveal of whoever this little girl is to next season, uh, not little girl, I'm sorry, to whoever this young lady is till next season, then I'd be fine with it. If the big reveal of the mid-season finale is um, she tells Barry, I- I'm your daughter, I'd be fine with that. But if you do it now, it seems way too rushed. Way- I feel like Barry and-, and Iris haven't even had time to themselves to even discuss or, or even be with each other. Like, every second, it, you know, has been spent trying to take care of DeVoe or an alien invasion. Or, mm-hmm. you know, rogue versions of themselves trying to take over the world. So it just doesn't mm-hmm. really seem like they had that time to do anything. So I just think it's rushed. But if you hold off to where she makes the announcement in the the last episode of this season and then mid-season finale of next season, uh, the girl comes out and goes, I'm your daughter, then I'd be completely fine with that. But I think it makes the most sense if you have it be Joe's daughter. Uh, from the mm-hmm. future, or don't even have it be related to them. Just have her be someone who's worked closely under Barry in the future and who's been sent back now, excuse me, to make sure certain events don't happen that maybe leads to the death of Barry or maybe leads to the death of someone else that's important. Uh, have it be like that so she doesn't have to rely on being attached to Barry or, or anyone like that. She's just a really good friend of Barry from the future. Have it be well, along those lines. It, that's going to be hard to do because they've already gave off the reflection that she's aware of the Speed Force and that she can understand Speed Force. So however they well, try to do could, it, they need to make sure it can be integrated into that. that. That's the only thing I hope that they keep. Okay. Well, yeah, that's so, what I'm saying. She could be a speedster yeah. from, from the future and, and still understand uh, the, the Speed Force and everything. But that's mm-hmm. what I'm saying. Right. She could have been mentored by Barry in the future. Uh, right. And something happens to Barry. Like she could, she could be following the storyline that they went with for um, uh, Bart Allen and Young Justice, to where the future was so messed up that he had to come back and try to change uh, those things from happening, so it'd be a safer future. So if she's like a Bart Allen, but doesn't necessarily have to be an Allen, I'd be fine with that. Agreed. I, I, I can kind of see how, how this could work. And again, I know it's the comic, but going back to the comic, they had 
a speed storm, basically, that hit Central City and created a whole bunch of new speedsters. If the riders are smart, they could say that she got her powers that way. She could be a CSI working under Barry, or she could have been a reporter working with Iris. That way, you don't have the family connection, but she has the understanding of the speed force. You can use the speed force, and then, you know, maybe something that happened in the past helped create the speed storm, you know, the speed force storm that screwed everything up in the future. Yeah, you could do that. Um, I honestly see her more as. Because uh, just when you look at how weird she's acting and how goofy and stuff, she seems like Bart, um, especially mm-hmm. heavily the Bart from Young Justice. She seems exactly like Bart Allen mm-hmm. um, to where it seems like she's a female version of Bart Allen. And again, if she is, I'm not going to say, oh, I'm done with the Flash completely. I'd be done with the Flash completely if Iris gets powers. But if they make uh that girl a female Bart. I wouldn't hate it. It just it would seem like you'd have to give too much time explaining that. And that's one of the things I hate in, in superhero shows or movies. You throwing in a huge element that you now have to cater an episode to. Um mm-hmm. now I know if the writing's really good they can break it down in a simple conversation. But something that crazy needs more than just one conversation. Like you can't just go yeah, no, I'm your daughter. Yeah, nope, came from the future, here to help you guys out. Like, I need more than that. I'd like to see a flashback of what was happening in her situation that made it so bad that she had to come back and risk messing uh, things up. You know you know what I'm saying? And I just don't uh-huh. really want that. I don't want an episode catered to that. Um, but it looks more and more like that's probably who she's going to be is a female version of, of Bart Allen which is not only disrespectful to Wally, is a little disrespectful to Jesse Quick, who I even think at this point her father forgot about. Um, but let's talk more about the actual episode of this week. Uh, it was really cool to see Ralph um, embrace being a hero, uh, see, see it for more than just the flair of, yeah, I'm on television, and yes, women you know, are now uh, you know, fanning themselves all over me, even though I don't think that's a reality. Um, it was really good to see him step up. It was also really good to see him get his name and to see him uh, get a new suit. So now everyone has a, a, a really cool suit. They got to at some point give Killer Frost something more than just like the, the typical long coat that she has or, or, or whatever. Um, also, something that I thought was really funny from the episode, I can't remember the exact saying, but whatever memory that they triggered or, or uh, bully from Caitlyn's past that turned her into Killer Frost, I thought that was freaking hilarious. Like, yes, she now has I... a trigger. She now has a trigger. Like, she doesn't just do it to do it. Something has to trigger her becoming um, kind of like the, the, you know, a different version of the Hulk to where yes. you have to do something to, to make him angry enough to transform. He can't just transform. Um, I thought that was really awesome. But, Eric, I'll kick it to you first. What were your thoughts about some of those moments of this past week's episode? I got to agree with you. The the whole thing with triggering Caitlin funny. Last week it was something about puppies and kitties dying. 
and then this week it's a school bully. And what I love is the fact that, you know, everybody else around Caitlin already has all of this worked out. We didn't have to see it. We didn't have to see them working it out. It's just worked out. And they just, you know, they trigger her. And it's just like, pop, and there she is. That's awesome. I love that. Um, for the first time this season, I don't hate Ralph. I thought he really turned that corner that he needed to turn, and now he's on the right path of a superhero. You know, and he goes, even though the ass is going to hurt him, he still protects his friends. It, it was great to see that maturity moment happen. <clears throat> yeah, Barry helped him. Still, you know, Barry in the Obi-Wan Kenobi role there for a minute. But to watch him turn and and and, and have that moment, I really enjoyed that. Um, trick and prank were hilarious. Um I'm sure Mark Hamill was home laughing his ass off, you know, watching these two. I thought the episode, and I loved the ending where Barry faced his hand through the glass and he held Iris's hand. I thought that was a really sweet touch. It was very nice. It was a nice little emotional moment, and it really kind of just capped off the whole episode. I can't complain about this week. I, I I I liked it from start to finish. I thought it was a I thought it was a good effort. Loved Goldberg as a wrestling fan. I was marking out because it's Goldberg, and he he's an awesome character. He didn't disappoint. So very happy. Yeah, I agree. Uh, even Barry speed fighting, I thought was pretty cool. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I agree. It was this was definitely a good episode. I didn't really have much, if if any, issues with this episode. Um, Shay, did you want to add anything else on some of the things that me and Eric just brought up that that you might have enjoyed from the episode? No, I think you guys pretty much covered it. I mean, I feel for Caitlyn because you know I had a bully too. So if anybody ever said that name and I had powers, I'd be like, oh, it's on. Let's get it. Where he mm-hmm. at? I look. I would look for him. You're going to catch these hands today. This ain't 2002 no more. This is 2018. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I'll be with we're it. Just gonna make, but, we're going to make sure you don't get any powers anytime soon, Shay. No, I'm going to be storm. You know what I mean? I'm very, I'm calm now. As long as you don't come from my family, <laughs> then I'm cool with the powers. I don't have to seek revenge. I'm good. <laughs> That's good to know. That's comforting. Um, Can I say one let's thing? Let's move on. Yeah, go ahead. You you said it and you brought it up and it made me remember. It almost kind of felt like them lightly thumbing their nose at X-Men with Quicksilver. You know, the way Quicksilver would go through and do all that stuff. It was almost like, oh, okay, we can do that too. Watch. And he goes through and he rearranges everything to make it happen. I just thought that was funny. And, and, and that thought popped into my head, and I wanted to share it. You know, it just felt like that little, they're thumbing their nose at the X-Men thing. Yeah, but Barry can do it, too, and he can do it better. I will say this. That Quicksilver moment is one of the most classic superhero moments ever. Even mm-hmm. So if the Flash was trying to do that, 
nah, you didn't you didn't achieve the coolness of, of that. The music that was playing was awesome. Uh, him yeah. kind of like swiping at things, tasting it while he was doing everything. Hilarious. That That's like one of the most funniest moments in superhero movie history. So Flash has a way to go. Um, but it was fun to see Barry kind of be more aggressive than the guy mm-hmm. that's running away from things all the time. Mm-hmm. But all right, let's let's move on to a show that all three of us cannot wait to dive into. Mm-hmm. Eric, I'm going to kick it to you first. What what are your thoughts on the emergence of possibly the best CW show on Slate, Black Lightning? Go for the I'll, I'll let Shay go first. Huh? Why did I go first? <laughs> <laughs> All right, no, I'll can't. start. <laughs> um. I want to know who what the who the writers sold their soul to to make this good of a show. This is it's like you said. This is you know watching him go through and go back into the life of being a superhero and saving his daughters and and you know trying to make a difference not just as Black Lightning but also as the principal of the school. Um, the dialogue was fantastic. The only thing that I didn't like is his ex-wife and the whole, I can't be with you if you're going to be black like. And again, that goes back to relationships and comic books and comic book shows. You know what you're, you signed up for. So, I mean, you really can't, in my mind at least, you can't, well, I can't be with you. Other than that, this show is, it's like everything, all the other shows were the, the, the testing grounds, and now they, 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 they've got it, and they put it all into black lightning. The effects are awesome. The story is incredible. I, I know that this is this week's episode, but I was really kind of happy to see that the that the guy robbing, robbing the convenience store was a white guy. It, they didn't go with a stereotypical person of color robbing the convenience uh, the 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 pharmacy. You know, I've seen that way too many times and to see that it was a white person who was doing it, I really thought that was a great touch. And to see his oldest daughter's powers manifesting is, is just it's kind of fun. It's just that kind of little giggly moment of, oh, yeah, I can throw somebody all the way across the store and not even break a sweat. Um, I don't have anything negative to say. The villains are awesome. Everything is just magnificent. Need more. Yeah, I, I would speak to, the, <clears throat> to one of the things that you said um, as far as the relationship in this show. That's actually, that is the blueprint for how it should be done because it wasn't, it wasn't, he was saying he gave it up to have another chance um, at love. And she was telling him, good, now that we have this chance, don't let it slip for something that's like a drug to you. You're addicted to being this hero. Mm -hmm. And 
he did something that I was always wishing Barry would do, Oliver would do, Supergirl would do. Um, and he said, listen, the cause is more important than my heart. And that's a Batman men- mentality. And you guys know how much I love Batman. I've always yeah. loved Batman having the mentality of justice is more important than love, than, you know, than anything personal that's going on in my life. It's my job to protect this city. So you have a guy who has the same mentality. He's putting saving the city and being a polarizing figure ahead of his own, you know, his own feelings and his own, his own wants and desires. I love that. And that's the kind of relationship that, that I want. Cause you know, at some point they're still going to be tied, tied to each other uh, for more reasons than just that they share two daughters. They're going to find love again, but it's important that you don't let that stand in the way of Black Lightning being who he needs to be in a time where they need him more than ever. So I thought that was beautifully done. Beautifully yeah. done. I wish more of the shows would take an aggressive approach uh, like that to where you have a guy who feels like, I feel as though if Flash didn't have to be the Flash, he wouldn't be. You know what I'm saying? I feel like if Oliver didn't have to be the Green Arrow, he wouldn't be. If Kara didn't have to be Supergirl, she wouldn't be. This is a guy who doesn't have to be Black Lightning. He only became Black Lightning again to save his daughters. His daughters are now safe. Um, and he's still choosing to be this hero. And that's what I think is the biggest difference between uh, Black Lightning and the rest of the heroes. Because I feel as though if Clark came to Kara City and said, listen, you know, don't worry. I got the city. I got the city on lock. Don't worry. You know, you can go have a regular life. Everything's cool. If Diggle said, listen, Oliver, I'm 100%, go ahead, stay with your son. You don't have to be Green Arrow anymore. And uh, Wally came and, and, you know, he asserted himself. I feel as though Barry, Carr, and Oliver would all walk away. Happy. They wouldn't even even think twice about it. They'd walk away and say, if you guys think you got it, cool. I was looking for a way to not have to do this so I can just be – uh, the forensic guy who has uh, a beautiful wife at home. You know, Ol- mm-hmm. in Oliver's terms, uh, a dad who's the mayor. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like mm-hmm. to see Black Lightning put saving the city ahead of everything else. It was super refreshing to see. And that's the kind of grounded hero that I want. That you don't have to worry about like midway into the season, he's going to go, you know what, maybe I don't want to do this. We already got all that out of the way in the first two episodes. He's back, and he's here to stay. Um, and I agree with you. The villains were great. Uh, I think the guy called himself Allah. I loved I loved what he did with his character. Um, until, obviously, this week where we see he's no longer an issue. Um, <laughs> I, just, I love the writing of this show. I love how everyone is. Um, and I can't wait to see what we're going to see from Jill Scott next week. Uh, that's what I'm looking forward to seeing. I told you guys yeah. that was my biggest question mark of this show um, because I just didn't see enough of Jill Scott uh, as far as acting. I know she's an amazing singer. Um, I've been hearing good things about what she's going to be doing uh, in this season. So first chance we get to see is, I believe, this upcoming Tuesday um, mm-hmm. where she's going to have something to say about Black Lightning coming back. Um, so, Shay. What were, you th- what were your thoughts on the first two episodes of Black Lightning? 
do it for the culture. That's that's uh that's we gotta say for Black Light. And every time I'm every time I come on, I'm always say do it for the culture. And there are a lot of points that um as a black female, I appreciate Black Lightning for. For example, the fact that it is not part of the Arrowverse. I'm cool with that, and I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. It doesn't need to be part of the Arrowverse. It needs to be completely on its own, separate entity. And the reason why is because they are in the hood. I wouldn't live there. So when you see, especially as a teacher, you're seeing your students get killed or go to jail day after day after day, and you're trying hard to, and the only way you know you can make a stop is if you sacrifice your family. I know a lot of people who would do that in a heartbeat just so they don't have to worry about their kid, you know, going through certain things when they're not there. As far as um, last week's episode, I'm happy that I got to see the girlfriend. I'm happy that the parents acknowledge that they know who the girlfriend is. They might not, you know, know her, know her, so they don't know the girl's name, but they have come to peace with the fact that their daughter is dating a woman and they don't have an issue with it. It's not a big deal. I wonder if we're going to see how that originated, like how it availed and how the parents felt about it. I think that the mom and Black Lightning are going to end up getting back together anyway, not necessarily because of her getting over the fact that he wants to be Black Lightning. His daughters are going to be a part of this. She's not even going to let her babies run out there, number one, looking like a mess. So you, no, if I'm going to be a superhero, my mom's going to make sure I look good. She might not like it, but you best believe not going to embarrass her while I'm over here fighting crime. So that's number one. Number two, I can understand why she was hesitant because you don't want your child to always see their father bloody or beat up or they can't walk or, you know, they're not available to them when they need them as a child. So I can understand that frustration when she was younger, when her kids were younger. Her kids are in high school. Her kids are teachers. They're, they're starting to become on their own. She's probably going to be able to come more at peace with that. Because she even tried to blame, um, I cannot think of the Taylor's name, my man in the shoe shop. That, yeah, uh, I can't think of his name either, but I know what you're talking yeah. about. But, you know, the conversation that those two had. And she blamed him for getting back into it. And he's like, no, I could do the exact same thing for you and blame everything on you. But I'm not going to because at the end of the day, we still want this person to be in our lives. Like, he clearly feels some type of way about him not being Black Lightning anymore. She feels some way about him persuading him to become Black Lightning again. And he's back at the thought that these are his students, that he is seeing the effect of everything happen. He has to sit here and be everyone's father, everyone's uncle, everyone, like Snoop Dogg. I don't care. If you ain't never met Snoop Dogg for the first time, everybody is Snoop Dogg's uh, nephew. Everybody is Snoop Dogg's nephew. Eric, you Snoop Dogg's nephew. You ain't never met Snoop Dogg a day in your life for that. You are his nephew. Jawan, you his nephew. I'm his nephew, and I'm a female. Like, it's it's a lot of things in black lighting. It has to be, it has to be upfront and honest because that's the environment that made him become who he is. Flash, I, Flash can survive nothing like that. I honestly don't think he could. I don't think that Flash could survive in it. I don't think that – I barely think that Oliver could survive in it. Barely. And that's well, Jill Scott is going to be great. I am ready for it. 
and she hits one of her songs in the show too, I will also be ecstatic. But I've seen Jill Scott um, go out of her way and acting as far as out of her comfort zone in a couple of smaller things before I found out she did Black Lightning. I have no worries. My girl going to kill it. Well, um, just by they did say Black Lightning at some point uh, could possibly connect. It's just not connected right now. Famous Supergirl. It's going to take the same journey Supergirl did. Um, but as far as the world not being able, not being able to, I'm not going to say that you were saying it couldn't mesh, but Oliver not really. I I think the opposite um, because I think Oliver's Oliver's dealt with Bloodhaven. And I can guarantee you what's going on in Black Lightning City is nothing compared to what happens in Bloodhaven. Think about this. Dick Grayson had to leave Gotham. That is possibly the definition of crime to go to Bloodhaven. That's how bad Bloodhaven was. So Bloodhaven, I think, is the equivalent to whatever they're dealing with in uh, you know, the city that Black Lightning takes place in. So I think if you blended the two worlds of Oliver's and Black Lightning, I not only think that they would get along very well, I think that they'd be very accustomed to how gritty both of their cities are. Um, and Oliver's seen a lot of gritty, uh, gritty places. Um, so I, I definitely think that that would blend very well. I also would love to see Black Lightning and Barry interact with each other. Um, you know, I think we could have a lot of good comedy there. I think Black Lightning seeing a world um, cause I'm curious because in the comics, Black Lightning did work with Batman a lot. We know we're not mm-hmm. going to get Batman on television, uh, outside of Gotham anytime soon or, if, or if at all. Um, so I'm curious to see if Black Lightning in his time as Black Lightning, uh, from when he was younger, had he worked with any other superheroes or will his daughters be the first other, uh, you know, super powered people that he, that he works with. Um, and if that is the case, how will he react when he sees the Legends or if he sees Supergirl or if he sees Flash or Oliver? Uh, so that's going to be really fun to see when that world expands. I mm-hmm. want these worlds to expand together because at some point we can get Justice League Unlimited from the TV world. The more yeah. heroes we get, the more we can get Oliver as Batman, Kara as Clark, and uh, Flash is Martian Manhunter as far as leadership roles, not as actual characters, obviously, because we have a Martian Manhunter. But as far mm-hmm. as leaders to where, let's say, if, if it's something that Oliver, Kara, and Barry think uh, the legend should handle or Black Lightning should handle, they could send them out to go handle – like, I want that kind of, uh, you know, scene to where you see Oliver – in his Batman role, send the troops out to certain areas to, to help with certain things. So I want these worlds to grow bigger and bigger so that we can have more heroes to get a Justice League Unlimited kind of feel. I mean, uh, Barry at one point, did, doesn't he own that, that airspace, that, that building um, that we assume at some point is going to become uh, where, where they're going to work out of when they do yeah. crossovers? So, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's, we, need, we need Black Lightning to be in this world at some point. I don't even mind if they're saying it's a different Earth. I just need at some point for them all to connect because the bigger they get, 
the more we get closer to a Justice League Unlimited feel, and that would be beyond amazing. I dig it. And even taking it a step further, you know, I wonder if they're going to do a Big Bang. Because maybe the Big Bang could be what connects the universes. And the Big Bang is going to give us that shot. Yeah, I mean, honestly, go ahead, Eric. Well no, well, no, I was just going to say, Shay, you're not you're not far from it because here again in the comic in DC Comics, the whole thing with Crisis on Infinite Earths way back in the eighties was the Big Bang, and the fact that you know some very stupid people wanted to go and see the Big Bang happen, and it created the multiverse, and you know you get all these multiple Earths, <clears throat> and I think. Something like that, you know, have the big bang, you know, have the big bang. My only thing is give Black Lightning a couple of seasons. I really want him to grow. I want the world to grow in Black Lightning, then bring him into the Arrowverse slowly like they did with Supergirl, and then have it, you know, where you have almost a crisis on infinite Earth where all the Earths are starting to collapse. And then you merge in Black Lightning and his family into the Arrowverse. And I think Oliver as the Batman role could be the natural progression for Stephen Amal's character, where he quits being, you know, going out every night and doing what he does, you know, and lets Ziggle take over. And he stays basically in the watchtower, and he hands out the assignment. You know, him and Barry and Felicity and, you know, Supergirl hand out the assignments and send everybody out. I think that would be the perfect way to make that happen. Mm-hmm. And when they do I mean, the over, it would be dope. I will say this, saying give Black Lightning a couple seasons. Let's not forget, Supergirl didn't have a single season that didn't involve another superhero. Remember, Flash uh, had an episode with Kara in her first season when mm-hmm. they uh, when they first came together. So she right. hasn't had a season yet to where she hasn't interacted with the other heroes. Um, so I'm fine if Black Lightning has a season or two at at the most. Um, that we don't hear any talk of the other heroes that exist in maybe other worlds. I'm fine with that, but I also would be fine if they said tomorrow um, that season two we'd get Black Lightning as part of the crossover. Um, I'd be fine with that also. But I definitely think Black Lightning and Oliver would have more in common uh, than you'd think. Uh, they've oh, no, they've definitely. definitely they've definitely both dealt with uh, the highest form of crime. Uh, yeah. And at the highest level. Um, so I think they definitely have a, a lot to talk about. You got a principal on one end and a mayor on the other. So they and definitely would would respect, yeah. And they definitely respect each other for the idea of becoming part of the system to help uh, fix the system. Oliver being the mayor at the highest point to help fix the city. Uh, and Black Lightning becoming a, a principal to help the youth. To, to build a better uh, community so the youth aren't coming up being drug dealers or gangbangers to being scientists or teachers or mathematicians and, and stuff like that. So I, I definitely think that they definitely have a lot to talk about 
um, once they got to know each other. But yeah, I, I understand your point, Eric. A, a season or two uh, without meddling uh, the two together, I'd be fine with. But at, you do need to cross those streams at some point <laughs> because um, it, it just leads to so much bigger and better things. Mhm. Mhm. All right. I All right. It, yeah. um, I, I will say this: Black Lightning. I, it is my favorite show. Oh, man. But Arrow, Arrow always gives me an episode to where I'm like, "This is why I love this show, man." And I will say this week, Arrow got me with another episode that was like. Black Lightning might be 1B, but 1A to me will always be Arrow. Until Arrow <laughs> fails, like, as long as Arrow doesn't have a season like it did with Damien Dark again, I don't think I'll ever lose faith or, or, or love of Arrow being my number one show. Black Lightning isn't number two. Flash is number two. Black Lightning is 1B. That's mm-hmm. how much I love Black Lightning. When you get an episode like you did, this past Thursday, I almost said Wednesday, this past Thursday. Man, do I love Arrow, man. We got a mention of of um, Curtis uh, asking the team, should we call ourselves the Outsiders? I was like, I love it, even though uh-huh. they're not going to be calling themselves that. I was like, yes, that was perfect. I love it. I love it. It was a really good episode. Um, can I just say, whoever does the choreography for um, Arrow's fight scenes, bravo! Do you, I mean, you're not do you you're not me? Daredevil good, but man, is, is that no. really good for for CW? Like I am telling you guys, I'm trying to be a stunt extra. All right, I be going to the gym. Like I work <laughs> out. Like I'm trying to be a stunt. I have that's that's what attracted me because I'm a martial artist. That is what attracted me to Arrow. And even when the actual Green Arrow went on the um, I can't even think that show American Ninja, he knocked uh-huh. out like three three four of the courses, like three out of four courses. He knocked them out because that's what he is doing on the show. That that is not a game. That's not a stunt double. That is my man, and he is balling. I just I love that fight sequence. It just it's so beautiful. It's so artistic. It is so mm-hmm. reflective. It's so realistic. And it's just like thank you, my good sir. Please find me. I am here for you. I got you. I mean now I, don't don't get me wrong. It it does it does have its Power Ranger moment. But as as far as like what you'd expect from a CW show, the choreography is really, really, really good. Again, like not Daredevil good, but it is really good. Like, uh-huh. it's, it's better it's, than Iron Fist, but I don't think that's saying much. But it 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 is really, really, really good. And uh, Stephen Amell, he lives this. This isn't just for the show. Um, this guy works out religiously. The guy works mm-hmm. on his body religiously. Um, so, you know, this is something this guy's been doing for the longest. Um there's so many questions I have arrow-wise that Mark Guggenheim needs to answer um, when we get him on in a, in a few weeks, in two weeks exactly. Um, just, I have so many questions, man, so many questions. But let's get into this week's uh, episode and also last week. I'm sorry. I keep forgetting we didn't have last week's episode. Um, this week's episode, because last week was kind of like a, a, a whatever episode for me, I'll definitely let you guys get into into both, but I'm going to start with this week's episode. 
I love it. I love that there's two separate teams, but but yet they're still keeping in contact with each other, letting them know mm-hmm. of what's going on. Um, I'm glad that this episode was the episode that they resolved uh, William uh, finding out that his dad's still uh, being the Green Arrow. Get it out of the way. I don't want to keep hearing about it anymore. Get it out of the way. It's perfect. Thinks his dad's badass. He thinks him saving the city is badass. Keep it at that. That is perfect. So now we don't have to worry about Oliver going, well, Diggle, are you better yet so I can stop doing this? No. Keep being the Green Arrow because you're amazing at it. Um, but, yeah, I just I love so much of this episode. Vigilante being the double agent I thought was really awesome. I, I didn't see that coming. I won't lie and say, like, oh, yeah, I knew that was going to happen. I didn't see that coming at all. I thought that was really cool unless he's being a triple agent into which that washes away everything I just said. Um, <laughs> but it was just – it was a really fun episode. Seeing Diggle back was really good. I, I saw – David Ramsey saying, uh, new year, new suit, new me. But it's like, that's not really a new suit. Like, you don't really have a suit. It's literally just like a, a jacket. It's like Mr. Terrific's costume. It's literally like a jacket and some pants. I don't really mm-hmm. call that a, a, a suit. You don't really have a suit. Um, but he was really happy to get new, new, uh, new threads. So I'm happy for him if, if he's happy with it. Um, but it was just a really good episode. Um, I'm really uh, interested in next week's episode to kind of see how everything kind of plays out. But at some point I want to see if um, uh, Curtis and that team being on their own, if because of the lack of experience, if something happens to where like one of the, the their members gets hurt, do they come back to team arrow men fences and, and be a one full team again, uh, you know, to stop things like that from happening out in the field of, of one of them getting hurt. Cause there is no one leader, and they're all inexperienced at being a leader, a somewhat leader of, of the team. So I wonder if that'll come into play at any time soon. Um, Shay, but I'll go to you first. What were your thoughts on the last two weeks of Arrow? Um, the last week was more like a filler to me. This week I was able to see how they work as a separate team, and I see that unless – somebody establish a leadership pulse. I'll call it a leadership pulse. If that's not established, then there's going to be problems. Because the only reason they knew what was going on is because it's terrific got, you know, the the information from the double agent. But the flip side is he didn't tell anybody. The only thing he did was run about Felicity and then, oh, we have to go. Like, they got upset with Oliver because he lied to him. He made their own team. And you're doing the exact same thing that got mad at Oliver for, so what makes you any different? And that's why I say I need them to establish a leadership pulse because if they don't have something that they can all have a consensus on, then that team is not going to last long. And it doesn't have to be one person. In Arrow, it was, I mean, on Team Arrow, it was, you know, Oliver's team because he started it. You know what I'm saying? He's the OG. But these are all new people. We're not on the team. It's a whole new team. They're on the same playing field. There is no leadership role. No one can look up to the other one because they all feel like they are equal to each other. So that's one yeah. problem because somebody needs to go ahead and own up. Even even though he's saying he acknowledged he messed up, that's still a problem for them. Yeah, I mean, being being a, 
ahead of anything uh, or, or taking a form of leadership is, is very difficult. Uh, you make a lot of decisions that you think is best for the group uh, that you necessarily don't have time to sit down and go through with the group. You just react because you think it, it, it's within the best intentions. But when you're working with other people who want to be on the same level as you and they don't see themselves as, I'm not going to say underlings, but, but under you, um, they want to be a part of the thought process also at all times. So that's why when you get three alpha males like, like, uh, like that they have, everyone wants to be in charge. And when they're not, they're going to lash out. So it was good to see that Curtis kind of had that Oliver moment and was just like, oh, God, this is what Oliver has to go through, like, all the time. <laughs> like, but, you know, I had to check things out, and then I told you guys. Well, that's the same thing Oliver was trying to tell you guys. He had to see what was going on as far as who was, you know, who was the rat, because, you know, what information were you giving and to who? He needed to know that before he came to you guys and said, hey, I bugged you, or I'm going to bug you guys just so you know, so I can see which one of you are the rat. Like, there was no way that conversation could have gone good. So Oliver did the best thing he could in that kind of situation. But I will say, uh, before I pass it to you, Eric, one thing that bothered me in this episode, I don't know if you guys, this past episode, this last Thursday, I don't know if you guys caught this. Um, They just very uh, quickly passed over the fact that, um, I guess, the not the DA, but the FBI, uh, turn the case over to the state's DA. So I guess that lady that was looking to, you know, put Oliver behind bars just isn't there anymore. I guess that's now, like, we just forgot that that happened. So I thought that was really weird, and I thought they just glossed over that way too quickly. Um, I thought that was a storyline. Uh, I will tell you guys this. It was a storyline that I had always hoped Arrow would, would uh, implement. Um, it was, mm-hmm. I had this idea right after Captain Lance um, kind of stepped down. You bring in this very tough female um, new uh, – what was the position that uh, that black guy had before he died? Uh, lieutenant. There you go. Um, head of the police department, and she has an ax to grind uh, with the green arrow. She, she despises vigilantism. And she wants to take him down. Very similar to what we got in the animated movie of Batman, uh, I mean, The Dark Knight um, Returns, where you had uh, when uh, Jim Gordon's down, the new female stepped up, and she wanted to take Batman down badly. I wanted a storyline like that um, because I thought that would have that would have uh, brought out a lot of great things about uh, Arrow and like the power struggle of like, all right, well, everywhere you go, cops are going to be there and they're going to be looking to take you down. Like, how do you get get around that? But then when they brought in the whole FBI angle and then after the, as we got back from the break that we had, it was just like, didn't matter anymore. It's done. It's over. No one talks about it anymore. I haven't even seen that lady this entire episode. And they talked about her very briefly. And then it's just like, yep, nope, that's, that's over with. Um, but Eric, I'll pass it to you. What what are your thoughts on, on them kind of glossing over the whole FBI thing and what were your thoughts on the last two episodes of Arrow? I I thought it was sloppy writing again that you 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 the first part of the season you had the FBI agent who was definitely a foil to Oliver and, you know, as the mayor and everything, you know, and to just 
it, it almost felt like they were throwing darts at the board as to what not to write about. Oh, okay, well, let's just get rid of that altogether, and there you go. Okay, the case is back to, you know, state or whatever. Not well thought out. Um, kind of indicative of one of the problems that I've had with Arrow sometimes on the um, how, how do I want to say it the, the the roller coaster riding the up the down the up the down you know the, the last week's episode was just okay um, you know they're setting up Quentin going and trying to redeem um, Black Canary. Um, I'm not sure how I feel about that. I like her as a villain. I, I think she can do a lot with that, and watching her get to to stretch her legs as a villain is fun. It's definitely a different take. Um, you know, this week's episode, I just sat there, and I got through with it, and I looked at, you know, honestly, I'm like, this is why I liked, liked Arrow in the beginning. You know, everything with William and, you know, when William found out that his dad was still the Green Arrow, Felicity really shined as the, I guess we're calling her stepmom, you know, in how she sat down and talked to William and gave him that speech and then said, well, here, let's watch it together so you can see it's okay. And, And then, you know, when... Oliver stabs the one guy, and she goes, oops, bad parenting moment. You know, that was really funny for me. I enjoyed that because I've had that happen myself with my kids. Hey, come here. Come watch this with me. And then something happens, and it's like, oh, crud. Now my kid's going to have nightmares. Way to go. So I completely identify with that. Um, I had the same feelings about Vigilante, him being a double agent, but there's also that little voice in my head that says, no, he's a triple agent. He's really Caden James. Just seems like he's too OCD not to know what's going on and and to play this out as oh well, vigilante's a double agent, but he is actually really a triple agent just to make the the pain you know and everything to the team that much worse. But you know. I, I could be completely wrong. I hope I am, but I, I get the feeling he's a triple agent just to make the pain worse. Um, having Giggle back was great. I like the new, like you, I like the new threads. Um, all in all, they really they really hit it on, on all cylinders this week. And I really, after that episode was over, I I was very happy that I got to watch it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it, it's. I will say with Caden James, I don't like if this is if Caden James is telling the truth and he's not just using this to extort money from from Oliver. If he, um, if Oliver really is responsible for his son dying, I don't like that because we just had a, a full season last season of Oliver killing a guy's dad, and that's what drove him to to wanting revenge against Oliver. I, I, exactly. I don't like that. I like guys who just come into a town, want to take the town over, and the only person standing in their way is the arrow. That mm-hmm. That's their only motivation. It's not. It doesn't always have to be so personal. Um, I will say this. The only thing I will say about the, the, the interview at all 
one of the questions um, uh, we're going to be talking to Mark Guggenheim about, um, <laughs> I kind of got a good laugh from, um, I asked him, you know, is it impossible next season, you know, since we're running out of people for the, the Green Arrow to, to go against, why not since you introduced um, Artemis, why can't we get Sportsmaster and Cheshire? And, you know, he, you know, he kind of just said when we have the interview, that's the conversation we can have then. So I'm like, all right, so hopefully that means we can get some news on possibility of getting a Sportsmaster in Cheshire. I think that that is the next logical step, unless the Arrow writers are brave enough to let Smith walk in a room and give us onomatopoeia, the next step has to be Sportsmaster and Cheshire. Both great villains for Arrow. Not only can they take him hand-to-hand, and can the story be... Because we still don't know if Artemis is dead. That is something that was never answered when the show came back on this year. So Mm -hmm. Artemis could have survived, made it out, and she's somewhere. Slade could have took her, because we do know Slade, Slade got out a different way than the rest of the team did. So there's a whole bunch of different ways that they can go, but I'm telling you the best way to go, unless you want to do automatopoeia, and we know, well, let's not say that we know. We can assume that they aren't going to go that route because there's a lot you'd have to do with that. And um, I just don't think they're going to go that way. Sportsmaster in Cheshire is a really great way to go, especially if you bring Artemis back and you actually – bring justice to that character and you have her be either a double agent for Oliver or just have her embrace the villainy of, of, of the two of those, those other characters, that'd be a really good way for them to go. Uh, Shay, I'll ask you, what do you think about the idea of a Sportsmaster Cheshire uh, villain team up for next season? And if, if you don't like that, who would you say should be the villain of next season of Arrow? You know, I don't know. I don't know how to answer that question and make myself feel like I'm a total comic book chick. Because I, I, I don't know how I can face that. Like, number one, I didn't even like her. So, I mean, I understand, like, you know, in the comics and everything, she was kind of dope. But I wasn't I, I wasn't into Arrow comics as much. So when I see her, I'm not phased and I'm intrigued. I, I, don't, I don't get anything from it. Um, maybe when she comes back, it'll take me over. But I, I personally don't care. If I had to pick a villain that would go on Arrow, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't know. I have to. I gotta let the writers take care of that. They gotta. They gotta get me and intrigue me and put me into it because I'll say, you know a general person. Like, why, why, don't they, why don't they put a Joker in there? I mean, I know they're not going to because it's in Gotham, but, but I'm just saying, like, I don't want it to only be villains associated with that specific hero. That is my personal opinion. I understand, like, you know, even though that's how I would like it, that ain't how it's going to happen, and I dig it, but well, I wasn't makes- a fan of art what makes what makes this show like I always when it when it first aired I thought the idea of doing this show was weird because if you're familiar with the comics Oliver doesn't have that many villains 
Like he, I think I could name most of his villains on one hand. That's why you've seen so many Batman villains throughout this entirety of the series because he doesn't mm-hmm. have that many villains. Um, Artemis, I do not believe, Eric, you can correct me if I'm wrong. Artemis, I do not believe was a character in the Arrow world. Um, that was something that was brought upon in Young Justice. That's, that's right. the only place where people um, know of and, and adore Artemis is from how well they were able to create her in Young Justice. Um, mm-hmm. I think his only partners were Speedy and Roy. There, were, there was mm-hmm. the Artemis in the comics, uh, in the original comics of the Arrow. But he also didn't have that many villains. So I respected Mark Guggenheim. Uh, first of all, I, I, I want to let the listeners know, because I know a lot of people have said this throughout the history of uh, this Arrow series. Why are you bringing in so many Batman uh, villains to, to Arrow? Well, for anyone asking that question, Arrow was created in light of Batman. So he's mm-hmm. just he's like a, a different version of Batman. So mm-hmm. it makes perfect sense that you take his villains when your character is completely based around Batman. So I was fine mm-hmm. with that. I just didn't like the villains that they. Uh, but the show made it work. Like Rachel Ghoul, I'll never love the idea of us getting a better interpretation from him in the show than we did in the movies. Um, but it worked. It worked. Um, so I was fine with it. I even loved the the we got Talia, we got Nissa, Nissa being mm-hmm. a character that I don't even think the creator of Nissa really cared about Nissa. No one cares about Nissa. But now that we saw her on the show, we appreciate the character more. Uh but not many people knew about Nissa. So the reason why I picked Sportsmaster and Cheshire is those characters well Cheshire does exist, but Sportsmaster isn't really a character either. That was another character that was created for for the uh, the, the purpose of Young Justice. So it's like when you – Shay, have you seen Young Justice? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, you have? Oh, okay, cool, 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 cool. No, 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 you're fine. I just want to make sure I didn't lose you. Um, if you see the assassin-like uh, mentality that Sportsmaster and Cheshire uh, go for – you guys can't tell me a storyline of someone hiring those two guys to assassinate Mayor Queen wouldn't be possibly some of the greatest uh, storylines we've had in Arrow history of the next coming season. I personally wanted this season to end with, um, excuse me, um, uh, of Slade killing Diggle. And now the reason why I said that is no one would expect it. We've seen Slade take this completely 180, uh, 360 turn as far as his his character. Like, he was that guy that was looking to kill everyone, kill Oliver. Then he changed. Him and Oliver had an an understanding. They were cool with each other. You You taking the angle of him killing Diggle, that would not only just cripple Oliver, it would completely change the 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 complexity of the show, because now you can go into next season to where now they have to find Slate. Now Oliver's driven purely by rage and, and revenge to take Slade down. And you can have Slade, who took under his wing these two characters, that's one Cheshire, one Sportsmaster, um, be like his two underlings. And Oliver not only has to face two of the greatest assassins, but he now has to take on Slade also. There's just so many great storylines you could work from that. 
But unfortunately, mm-hmm. it's been said that they can no longer use Slade Wilson, so we won't even get anything that cool. But Eric, I'll go to you. Um, what are your thoughts on the idea of those being the villains of next year? If you don't like that idea, what villain would you like to see uh, Team Arrow take on uh, next season? There's no other villain that I want to see him take on. I'm I'm listening to you, and I'm looking at a list of all of Arrow's villains. Uh, there is eight, maybe ten big-name villains. Everything else is almost like the 1966 Batman. Anti-gravity, Bad Penny, all that kind of stuff. Sportsmaster yeah. and Chip. Sportsmaster and Cheshire are the logical steps to take. Two of of the best assassins in the world coming. Yes. And I agree with you. I think they should kill Diggle. It's it's an unlooked for step. Everybody's going to be in shock. You know, you're going to have also that kind of, in in a way, it kind of also helps set off the Green Arrow of 2040 when it's Diggle's son. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you're taking the logical steps for Diggle's son to to go into that. Um, you know, they can't use Slade anymore. Uh, another Slade season would be amazing. You can't do that. This, this, this would be the way to do it. Um, Badass fight scenes, mind games, the, the whole nine yards. This, I'm, I was even trying to think of borrowing criminals from like the Flash or something like that, and there's nobody that I can think of that would be a good foil for Ollie. I mean, you've nailed it beautifully. It, it, it has to be. <clears throat> I'm sorry. It has to be um, Sportsman in Cheshire. And almost as a nod to Young Justice would be to have um, Roy and Cheshire fall in love. Yeah, that would I'd, be, I'd love that. That. Would, that would be just a funny little moment where, you know, they fall in love towards the end of the season and then they go off, you know. That would be great. That 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 would just be the ultimate nod right there. So, no, I'm good with I your choice. Com- yeah, I would completely love that. And I mean, also, I will say one thing. This past week's uh, Arrow uh, Arrow mention, uh, or it might have been the week before. It was the week before. I'm sorry. Um, with the Bertinelli crime family, Oliver said something that brought chills to my body because I recall saying this to you guys that this is a character they needed to bring back. Oliver told him, he said, why are you calling me? Why not call your, I think he either said your cousin or your your niece. I'm not sure how, how the guy's terminology was. And he said, we can't find her. So that means the Huntress still exists. She's out there somewhere. Uh, she's not dead. She's not in prison. She is out there somewhere, and she's still active. The Huntress, I, I don't want as a main villain. It just would never work. But I do want the Huntress to come back and do and do exactly what Daredevil did in its past season, where you had Matt falling in love with Karen. 
and then his old flame Electra comes back, and it completely changes everything. That's his true heart. He has he has a love for Electra that he could never have for somebody else. And I think you could do that same kind of storyline with Oliver in in uh in the Huntress, to where Oliver and Felicity are doing great, and then boom, here comes the Huntress out of nowhere, and she just she knows the right buttons to push to Oliver. She just knows exactly how to just make him just completely tick. Um, Shay, I'll ask you this, because I forgot about that they even mentioned um, Helen Bertinelli is, is her name, but they called her the Huntress. Uh, would you like to see the Huntress come back? Of course I want the Huntress to come back. Y'all should know me by now. Y'all know I don't miss uh-huh. it. I'm I'm down for the Huntress to come back. We'd like the Huntress to bring back our girl. Bring back my sister, please. <laughs> yeah, I, I I did think that I did think that was a, I, I thought that was a little weird that we didn't even get a mention of like the the Hawks like what they were planning on doing anything like that. Maybe, maybe that's something I'll ask also. Um, but you, you're all for uh, Helen Bertinelli coming back. How would you like to see her come back? Is just like a a one time thing, or have that be like a, a love triangle between Oliver? Helen and, and Felicity. Well, first and foremost, let me shout out Eric Lucas for him to want somebody to be in love so much, but talk complete junk about, you know, relationships and superhero shows. So let me just go ahead and shout you out on that real quick. Um, <laughs> I don't want them to be in a love triangle because I, I was thinking of a love triangle. Like, I'm, I'm over it. You know, it's, I understand it'll be part of it for the show development. But I don't see the whole purpose of it as far as character development. I don't. I understand that she knows how to push his buttons. Maybe in the sense of going to battle, telling him to stop being a punk and man up. I'll take that. But I don't. I don't want to see a love triangle. I'm kind of irritated by it. I'm pretty sure I want to see a love triangle like in the next season anyway. Because I mean, technically, we already have a love triangle between Felicity Oliver and his son. I'm not trying to say that, like, also no, like, wild ish. I'm just saying, like, you cannot replace a bond that a child has with their parents. You know what I mean? And that's why it was so great how Felicity did what she did. But trying to find a balance in that is going to outweigh somebody coming back and waiting to know he had a kid and all that. I, I, I ain't got time for that. Anybody got time for that. I just think it'd be really interesting to see. Uh... Uh, Huntress tell Oliver, you have to make a choice. It, it, it's me or Felicity. Um, and then have, you know, obviously have Oliver pick Felicity. Will that drive Huntress to maybe want to take out Felicity? Like, it's just so many great things you could do with that. Because, um, again, I'm going off of how well it was done in Daredevil to where you just saw how happy Matt was with Karen. They just looked so happy together. and And now... Um, Electra comes back and it changes everything. And we can't act like what Oliver and Huntress had was just like some crazy, stupid thing. She understands him on a different level. They were both vigilantes. Uh, I mean, it took a, it took a while for for Oliver to get Felicity to even join, let alone be okay with the idea of his crusade. Helen understood that from jump. They actually wanted the same thing. Um, so that was a connection that was deep. Um, and if it wasn't for her her constant need to, to take out her father, they could have actually not only become a team, but become something uh, more special to each other. 
So just the idea of that, bringing up old things like that. You know, and I believe the last time we saw her, Diggle was even saying, you know it happens when, when you get around when you get around the hundreds. Like, you just lose who you are. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we saw that almost affect the team. So, you know, there's just so many great things you could do with, with bringing back the hunters. But that's my point. I've seen it. How many times? Why does your best friend have to? It, it's just like, it's like what I got to deal with on a regular day basis. You don't have to be a hero to go through that. How many times am I going to talk to my homegirl? You know he's not good for you. You know he's cheating on you. Oh, but I love him. Ten minutes later, he cheated on me. It's the same story, just a different day. That that's if if yeah. they can give a way to display it in a way that I have not seen before, not the same thing over and over again. If she affected him in a different, from a different perspective, not coming back and being like, oh, I'm still in love with you, or oh, you know, you and I are great together back in the day. If she come back from a different perspective and similar to his head, I'm cool with it. I don't want to see the same thing over and over again. Why? Why would I want to do that? Hmm. Eric, what are your uh, what are your thoughts? What do you think about the the hunters possibly coming back? I like that Ollie and Felicity are strong and stable right now, and Felicity steps up to this role with William. I'm I'm listening to y'all talk, and I remember there was a story in the New Fifty Two, Green Arrow, where there was like a war between all these different clans. And they were all represented by, like, a weapon or something like that. Why not bring her back with, you know, someone else, keep sportsman, sportsmaster, and and Cheshire, and have a three-way brawl over Star City? That's what I would love to see. Initially have it start out as being the Sportsmaster in Cheshire versus Team Arrow, and then Huntress comes back in, and then she throws her hat in the ring, not not for either side, but for herself. I think that would be a better way to reintroduce the character. And um, yeah. go ahead, I'm good. No, no I was just going to say, yeah, no, I actually love the idea of that. Um, especially now that, again, I can't remember if that was her uncle or her cousin, whoever that guy was, whatever the Bertinelli was that died last week. Um, it seems like there are no other Bertinelli's to take, uh, to take the helm as, as the leader of the Bertinelli crime, uh, crime family. Cause he did say he was all that was left. So now that there's a hole and, you know, once they take out Caden James and the rest of these guys, she could maybe want to come back and fill it. It'll be a, It'll be open. It'll be open season now that all these these top villains are gone, uh, these top crime bosses and mob bosses are gone. It now leaves an opening for anyone to come to try to take claim of the city, and those three would be perfect people to try to come in and try to take the uh, the, the crown. So I would love mm-hmm. to see that, and, and Oliver be trapped in the middle. Um, so, so I'm guessing we're all we're all okay with with Artemis not coming back because I don't recall anyone really making a a big enough stance on on seeing her come back. Yeah, no, I, I can. Guess, I guess I'm gonna pass on that. Um, it, it would almost be like next season could almost be a Nightfall type story 
You know, again, Guggenheim loves Batman. What better story to to emulate than Nightfall and have Oliver on the ropes like he's never been before? He's beat up. He's tired. Um, Huntress is not only, you know, Huntress is causing trouble for him during his day job as the mayor. And she's causing trouble for him in his night job. And, you know, Sportsmaster and and Cheshire are giving him trouble both ways, too. You're going to see an Oliver that doesn't have, for lack of a better term, a refuge. And he's going to be, yeah. he's going to keep being pushed and pushed and pushed. And I would really like to see how, one, how Stephen Amal would play it. And two, how the writers would actually have Oliver, you know, what would happen at the end of the season. I think it would be really interesting. Also, you could keep this? Huntress. I was just yeah. going to say, you could, keep, you could keep Huntress as kind of like this unknown third party and then bring her in later in the season, like after the, you know, when it comes back from winter break bring her in and finish out the season that way. I mean, I would love to see the team of Huntress and Black Siren. I think that would be a very, very, very dangerous team. Um, Because, I mean, I always said I didn't like the idea of Team Arrow expanding because when Oliver had to face something, like, that he's never faced before, I wanted it to be, like, it's, you know, Oliver, Diggle, maybe one other person. Um, and once that enemy is taken out, Diggle and that other person, how will Oliver deal knowing that he has all these odds stacked up against him? But now he has a, a full team. It's like, all right, well, now he has a lot of help. But if it was just him and maybe one or two other people, it'd make it a lot harder for him to do both jobs, let alone one. Um, so that that was why I was always against them expanding the team as, as much as they did. But I, I love your idea, Eric. And, and you could definitely get a lot of, uh, since it's a huge team now for Team Arrow, Huntress and Black Siren, Sportsmaster and Cheshire, those those two teams going up against Team Arrow from different, different sides, I think that would be great. Uh, maybe even, excuse me, they tried this, but they didn't do it with the right characters. They could do a um, oh, what is that team called? Um, with Harley Quinn, Poison Ivy, and Catwoman. Oh man, Gotham City. Gotham they could do a Sirens team of Huntress, uh, Black Siren, um, and maybe one other person, maybe even Cheshire, and do a a, mm-hmm. a, a Star City Siren. Something like that would be perfect. And that'd be yeah. the most diabolical team for Oliver to have to, Oliver and his team to have to go up against. Uh, listen, we're we're, we're making uh, these Arrow writers' jobs a lot easier. Let's stop giving them ammunition. They need to pay <laughs> us for our ideas. Um, one last I thing. Need that cash. Exactly. We need a check. Cut the check, uh, CW. Um, oh. Before we close out the show, I wanted to bring up one one more news topic. Um, it was reported that Nissa would be returning this season. Shay, I'll go to you first. Uh, do you even want to see anything more from Nissa? And if you do, what would you like to see her role be 
when she returns. Yeah, I'll pass on both. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, they might. Jeez. I'm not trying to downplay <laughs> because because I'm not. I'm not trying to downplay who she is. I'm not trying to downplay her character. And that's why I need to pass, you know what I'm saying? You ain't got nothing to say, they'll say nothing at all. I believe that they are bringing her back. I do believe that they will execute her in a very intriguing way. I do not believe that they will bring her as like something that and I will be disappointed in her storyline. But as far as what I can see happening, it is very minimal. So, you know, I can't help it. Mm, okay. Eric, same question. If she goes anywhere, she needs to go to Legends of Tomorrow. Um, on Arrow, I, I just I don't see her being on there. Um, nice, nice character, great actress, you know, not a problem there. Just been done, leave it alone, and move forward. So, uh, yeah, no, unfortunately, I'm not vibing that too much. So with with. The, the team that Oliver's going up against, you guys wouldn't want to see Nissa and maybe a few of the people that she has from uh, when she used to run the league kind of help Oliver out in whatever the final battle is against all these uh, other people Oliver's going up against. Shay? Well, well, that's why I went back to if they bring her in, they're going to execute her well. Like, they're not going to sit here and bring her back into Arrow. It is not something that would add to the bigger plot, if, if if that makes any type of sense, like they're gonna use no, they're it gonna, does. They're gonna, they're gonna use her in a way that it's gonna make us as viewers be like, yo, I wasn't expecting her to do this, but she did it and she's killing it. Like that, that's what I'm gonna get from it. Or like, I wasn't expecting her to take this route, but I'm loving it because she's not about games anymore because of everything she has gone through. But it's just weird yeah. to have her back on Arrow and not have a and not have like a full cohesive to while you're back there. Yeah, I think it's going to be really fun to see how they bring not only her but Roy back because I need for them both to be more than just that one episode arc kind of uh, kind of a return. I need to like yeah. you said, Chad. I need to know that that they have a bigger purpose. And mm-hmm. if that purpose is something we find a little bit out now, a little bit out next season, I'm fine with that. But that has to be made clear. Because if you're bringing them back because it's just like, oh, guys, wouldn't it be fun if they came back? No, not really. Um, <laughs> I want it to mean something if they're going to come back. So I, I agree with that. With, with that, Did you have anything else to, to add, Eric? No, you said it all. I, all right, so I, we can – go ahead. Go ahead, I'm sorry. No, go uh, I was just going to say, uh, it, it has to be meaningful. It can't be, tra-la-la, here I am, tra-la-la, here I go. You know, it, it's got to be purposeful, you know. And, and the characters are, you know, the, the character is, you know, a great character. Don't diminish her her value or her worth just trotting her out for one episode, you know, and then that's it, you know. So I totally agree with you there. So, I'm good. Yeah. Yep. All right. So if we learned anything from tonight's episode, it's Mark Guggenheim should hire us to write some episodes of next season of all the shows. Um, But thank you guys for joining us again. Thank my amazing co-hosts again for another great episode of Hall of Heroes. We will see you guys next 
Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern, where we will talk about all the things CW shows that came out of that week. Um, So we'll see you guys next week. And stay tuned. We do have an interview with someone from Supergirl for this show. So stay tuned for that interview also. See you guys next week. Live long and prosper, everyone. Live long and prosper. Now you're just feeling myself. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Good night. Au revoir. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.